Hey everybody, and welcome back to the What You Missed on GH This Week podcast. So, I'm just going to include my reaction to the tribute episode to John Riley in this podcast, and talk about what happened this week as well. Tears, all show. I love Caitlin Riley with her YouTube and TikTok videos, but wow. Like, I'm just so used to her playing, like, a comedic character. For her to play a more dramatic character, that was really cool. It was just so special that they got her to play Sean's daughter, because she's John Riley's daughter. It's just, it's so special, and I think that was a really nice way to include her. And I was so happy when Laura called Tiffany, when we got to hear her voice. It made me so happy. Uh, Tiffany and Sean were one of my favorite couples from the 90s. I love that she was on the phone. And I know a lot of people were saying that it didn't sound like her. But I knew as soon as she started talking that it was her. But, like, phones distort your voice. Like, my grandmother, whenever she would call my family, her voice always sounded a little bit deeper than it was in face-to-face conversation because phones distort that and also I believe the actress who played Tiffany had surgery on her jaw and so it's a bit harder for her to talk I think but Laura tearing up was making me (laughs) tear up it was just really sweet and I love Sean and Tiffany's wedding that I'm so happy they played the full clip so sweet and so funny uh that was one of the first scenes that I actually saw of Sean and Tiffany as a couple was the wedding scene and that was just like my immediate I really like this couple and I said oh no don't hurt Laura uh well I'll get back to that in a minute and then with Monica I was like what on earth this is, this is not good. Um, I loved Felicia, um, and I loved the flashbacks. I loved when Robert was like, your father almost tried to kill me, you know? And it showed them, uh, fighting at, I guess it was Mount Rushmore. It looked more like somewhere in Austria? Is that where the Alps are? But I just, I love the 80s on this show. Because they had big storylines. They had a big budget. They could travel. You know, they had the Ice Princess storyline and the Aztec Treasure storyline. And so many big, cool storylines in the 80s. And they could go on location. Like, I love Luke and Laura's Adventure of 1980. Because it's just, like, the two of them running all around the country. And it's beautiful. And I love that. They had some really fun adventures back then. I was happy that Robin was on. Robin and Patrick were another couple that I really cheered for in my early soap days. Uh, I love Bobby. I was glad that she was on. It was kind of confusing for it to be in a tribute episode, but I knew they had to like set up for this week. Uh, I love Maxie's dress. That was really sweet that she was talking about how all of it. She was like, I'm sorry I made you think of BJ. And Bobby was like, well, you know, you have her heart. That is the 
most touching scene. Tony's goodbye makes me cry every time I watch it. And also, for the inn, I feel like they just redecorated the Cassidyne Island set. I'm pretty sure. And I do not mind. I liked it a lot. And so for the first like 30 or 45 minutes of the show, I was like, oh my goodness, something serious is happening. But I'm like, wait, we're going to have to wrap this up. And I said, I, I was like, is this Annie's WSB test? Because she said that they never called her back to take the test. And I was like, I think it is. And I said, <laughs> so then when it happened, I was like, this is so stupid, but so good. Like, I was just kind of mad. I mean, I was glad, but it was all just like a test because I was like, okay, at least Laura is not in danger and Monica is not in danger and neither is Felicia. Good. But, my goodness, I was a little disappointed, but also kind of proud of myself for predicting that. Um, I thought it was really sweet to end the conversation, like to end the episode with Annie talking to uh, Tiffany. That was sweet. But like, <sighs> I saw a couple complaints and they were like, why were Laura and Monica so shocked if they were in on it? And from a story perspective, I guess it's kind of confusing. Like, maybe, like, to leave a clue, to leave clues for Annie, and also for it to be, like, if Annie were to hear anything, she would be hearing them respond in surprise. In reality, I think it's just an, an example of not good writing. Kind of like what I was talking about last week with the Ice Princess storyline, like 2.0. The first storyline had really good writing, but the second one with Stavros and Lulu, ugh, the writing and the directing messed up how good those actors could be. I think real life, it was a combination of poor writing, weird directing, and them trying to make the audience worry, so it ended up being that, and it just, it did not work. Although it really did make you concerned, which was good, so it did work. I don't really know, but I really appreciated uh, the tribute episode. I love all of that. I love that, um, I love that Sean became a father figure to Felicia. I love, I just really love the wedding scene. It's just, he was one of my favorite characters. I wasn't even around for the majority of the time he was on, but He's just, he was such a cool character. Um, I was out of town for the first three days of this week, so I missed the first three episodes, but I enjoyed Thursday and Fridays. Thursday, I loved the four hours earlier opening, and I was like, Peter, this just is not a good plan. It's wrong, and he's just decided to, I guess, embrace being evil, which is sad. Like, Nicholas at least kind of walks the line, you know? He's kind of good, but he's also kind of not good. Though he is more of his mother, so he's more good than evil. And I love Valentine. I was confused when he was like, if you hurt my daughter or her mother, I'll kill you. And I'm like, well, Lulu's in a coma. And I realized he was talking about Brooklyn and her child, and I said, wait, when did the gender, when did they talk about the gender being revealed? Because I, I missed about a month. So I'm, I was like, and why must they pull for our sympathy? 
I didn't like the whole him meeting the baby and being so happy because it made me feel bad for him. And I don't like it when my show makes me feel when this show makes me feel bad for villains. They've managed to make me feel bad for Stoppers before, and Stoppers is like pure evil. I loved Maxie knocking the um, woman, knocking Chloe out, and being like, "You'll never get my baby." And when she was walking around, I was like, who's going to deliver the baby? This isn't good. And what is with her kids being born in nature? She's only had one hospital birth of her three children. And then Dr. Austin showed up. And I would like to think that he's going to be an actual good person and not evil. I hope that is the case, because he seems like a good person. He has a really great bedside manner. Um... I said, what is happening? Is this a pattern? Because someone said on the snark page that I follow on Facebook, but everyone who delivers her babies ends up dating her. I did think it was nice of him to put a shirt on before delivering her baby. I, I just liked his personality. He seemed like a really nice guy, and I hope he's genuine. And then when Louise wasn't breathing, I was like, oh no, I hope she's okay. And Dante looks weird to me. I'm just trying to get used to the clean-shaven Dante, because I don't think we've seen that in years. I hate him and Sam together. Dante and Lulu. That's the only woman Dante belongs with is Lulu. They were one of the first couples I cheered on on this soap. They just fit together. He saved her from Franco. He saved her from Stavros. He was well, he wasn't actually that patient with her when she was going through amnesia after what happened with Stavros. He almost killed Milo because she really liked Milo. It, that whole situation was a mess. Um, I did not like them flirting. The baseball bat thing was very cheesy. I kind of rolled my eyes at that. And then I said, oh, Spinelli. Spinelli is my favorite because it is very heavily implied that he has autism, and knowing several people in my life who are autistic, I just really, I love Spinelli. That makes me happy. I liked Carly being like, Lattice is not a library book. I cannot just return her to you. And even if I could, I wouldn't. And I love Spinelli. He's, he's got a good heart. And with the whole plan, I was like, Carly, tread carefully. Very, very carefully. And Jason and Britt have chemistry. Is the story wrapping up? I liked that he was questioning his decisions. That was that was a good, like, vulnerable side of him that I hadn't seen in a long time. Poor Britt. And I, I liked her vulnerability, you know? Not acting like she's the toughest person in the world makes her actually more tough, I think. Why was Nicholas wearing what looked like an oversized sweater from some angles, and at other angles it fit him really well? You know, he has his uncle's fashion sense, when it comes to color schemes at least. I haven't seen Nicholas wearing black button-up shirts buttoned all the way up to, like, the collar, including the collar. That was strange. Stefan had some very interesting fashion choices. I liked Nicholas being like, this is a bad idea. And Ava being like, the only way to stop Cyrus is to stop him. And Nicholas being like, what does that even mean? That made me laugh. 
that was a good response. And Ava, my thing was, what if you made Cyrus angry and he decided he was going to kill you? Who's going to take care of Avery? What'll happen with Avery? And she's, he's also expressed an interest in Avery, so I suggest being very, very cautious, Ava, with what you're going to do. Avery would be devastated if she lost her mom and her dad in a seven-month span. Um, also, when Nicholas got on the elevator, it was the down arrow, and it was the first floor, and I was like, is there a parking garage down there? Is he doing something in the basement? What on earth is going on? If Carly hates Ava after this, I'll be very mad. This is bad. Bad idea. Back to 2007, 2006-2007 level action. It was awesome. And kind of scary. But it was just really cool having that kind of action again. Whew. I love that they just filmed in the studio parking lot. Like the place where Ava and Guard were waiting. I love that it was just so obviously the... GH studio parking lot. That made me laugh. Um, I said, no, don't kill Nicholas. And Laura should be home soon. And why is it that every time Laura is out of town, things seem to go haywire? And she just always ends up coming back. Laura is the glue that holds that town together. Because things get really crazy when she's gone. Um, with the distraction, maybe someone can get a clean shot at Cyrus. And now, Carly's gonna be mad at Nicholas again because he messed it up. <sighs> he definitely inherited his father's impulsiveness. One of the only qualities he truly seems to have inherited from his father. Thank goodness. Because even when he's mean, I feel like he goes about it in the Stefan approach. Like, he's taking the Stefan approach, you know? Even if it's not good, he's not, like, insanely cruel for no reason. He was quite cruel to Ava and Hayden, but he's not, like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I hope you can figure out what I'm trying to say. But I'm just saying he is more his uncle than his father. But he definitely has his father's tendency to be extremely impulsive and not think before he acts. And aren't the docks public property? Like, he could have just been walking on the dock. He might not have been there with Carly. He looked so defeated as he was just kneeling there. Which was weird, like, he had his hands. His hands weren't tied behind his back. He could have, I don't know, like, moved his ankle and kicked the guy behind him. It, he just looked so defeated, it was sad. I don't really think he was talking down to Ava in the hospital or being condescending. I took it as him being a concerned husband. Like, it. why is he not allowed to be a concerned husband? Because I've seen, I saw a couple people saying they were sick of him acting like he was better than her. And I'm like, oh, that's not how I'm taking it. I don't know. Friday. I said, Brooklyn, this is not a good idea. I hope she's alright. I said, why would you need duct tape? <laughs> I like Brooklyn going through all this stuff and being like, duct tape. You're gonna have to explain that one, Maxie. I would also like to know why Maxie, why anybody, why you need duct tape for a home birth? Why? I can't think of anything that you would need duct tape for. And like, Bobby has medical supplies, so she could help with that. What do you need duct tape for? I'm very confused. I'm with Brooklyn on that. I, I mean, I kind of want to know, but I also kind of don't want to know. Um, actually, it is a pretty smart plan, now that I think about it. 
until it is time to give Louise back to Maxie, because Valentine will not let go that easily. He'll be so attached to the baby that he's not going to know what to do. It's going to be a big mess. That is the one of the downfalls of being a Cassidyne. I still consider him a Cassidyne. It's really hard to let things go. That was a scary moment when she wasn't breathing. I'm glad Dr. Austin was able to help her. Glad she was alright. She's so cute. Babies are so cute. I don't care that she looks old. She was a cute baby. And Chloe chasing Maxie through the woods and being like, Oh, Maxie! Like that. She was trying to be intimidating, but it actually made me laugh. It was very fun. Poor Finn. Uh, Peter's not a good guy. And I'm glad that Ava, not Ava, Anna brought back the file to help him. Uh, I was kind of hoping Laura would be back that day too, and she wasn't. And I said, lying is not the solution. Willow and Michael. It's not gonna help. I like Chase. I thought it was kind of funny when Chase was like, you're not dizzy, you're not dizzy, which might work, but unfortunately did not. Um, Willow, this is a very bad idea, because Chase did it to you guys too. Willow is not a good liar, that is so sad. I'm glad they were able to take him back to the hospital where he could get better treatment. Felt bad for Curtis, um, just trying to get everything figured out for liquor license, because that must be frustrating. And then... I like Portia. She and Curtis would go really well together. I think they have good chemistry. And kind of a random thing, but why would Laura want to spend time at the club? I know that's a quote from the month of and a half of shows that I missed, but like, do the writers not remember what happened to Laura at the camp's disco? First of all, that just doesn't seem like a place you'd like to go to. And second of all, she and Kevin are in their late 50s. They're in their early 60s. I don't think they want to spend time at a club for date night. That's a very weird line. And this being the first podcast I'm going to really be putting out after my little hiatus, I just needed to get that off my chest. Um, Portia had some good points about how Curtis runs. He doesn't run away from danger. He runs to it. That was a nice kiss. And then Portia going home and seeing her door cracked open and opening it because she was worried about Trina, which I get, and seeing the blood on the floor, and then Cyrus with his good arm pushing the door closed. He looks creepier with his hair down. He looks like Faison with his hair down, honestly, from certain angles. But like him just being like, welcome home, Dr. Robinson. It's like, that's such a good cliffhanger. Too bad we have a repeat on Monday. It was a pretty cool cliffhanger. I felt bad for Brando. This is bad. And it's so gross that Cyrus liked Sasha like that, you know? Like, I was getting those vibes from the first time they had dinner at the Metro Court and he gave her those drugs. Creepy. And I was like, why is he flirting? Maybe like 25, 30. Your age difference. It's gross. But like, ugh. See, and that's, like, that's part of why his character makes me think of Stavros. Along with the very, very short fuse and the trying to make himself look more intimidating in front of Laura, which I think is because he read, he'd done his research on Laura, so he knew that she'd had experience with someone like Stavros, and he seems to try and make himself more large, more angry, and more cruel around Laura than 
other people. And he's really cruel to other people, too. But he just tries to make himself especially cruel to Laura, in my observation. Um, <laughs> so when Brando was like, I don't think he'll ever stop being a threat until he's six feet under, I said, he's like Stavros or Helena. Even six feet under, he's dangerous. And random note, Riveday, I like the way that Brando said, I used to see that as a negative about my mom. Just a interesting accent there. Uh, I was getting really annoyed watching the stuff on the docks because I was like, Nicholas can get up and fight. He's been boxing. I don't know if he's been boxing in the past couple months, but, you know, they've shown him boxing several times. He did fencing. He can do a lot to help, but he's just sitting there. His hands weren't tied. What is he doing just sitting? And then when they got Spinelli away from Cyrus, I was like, take the gag out of Spinelli's mouth. <laughs> and I said, oh, Nicholas, at least Cyrus is now bleeding and Jason can catch him. And I said, wait, where's Ava? Because Cyrus had said that thing about, like, people turning on Carly. I was like, did the guard for Ava turn on Carly? Will Cyrus take her? And I was like, oh, no, I don't like this. So when Ava showed up, I was like, okay, this is good. And then what is with Nicholas and Ava in high-intensity near-death experiences? Because I thought they were about to start making out. It was very uncomfortable. I was like, guys, this is not this is not the time to start making out. Just like the time that she accidentally stabbed him was not the time for them to sleep together. That was a time to go to the hospital. Although I guess they would have had to report that she stabbed him. But either way, just no, no, no. <sighs> I didn't like that. She was like, what were you thinking? He was like, me? What were you thinking? That like, it was obvious that they were flirting and like i liked carly being like ava i appreciate what you were about to do but nicholas just almost got us killed can you please get him out of here i'm in mean, dante coming dante has to arrest people you know he is a police officer and even if they have stuff to exonerate jason who just fired a bunch of shots at the dock jason so he's gonna have to arrest him anyway don't get why people are so mad about that. Um, like when the guy was almost dying and he picked up the gun, I was like, who's the target? Will it be Ava? Because it looked like he was aiming for Ava or Nicholas, and I was like, oh no. And but then I was like, you know what? It's a soap. These are fictional people. And I also haven't heard about any of these actors leaving the show, so it'll all be okay. And I'm guessing I said Cyrus is like Savros, or that Nicholas is like Savros with his uh, weird impulsiveness. Stavros was very impulsive. I kind of, it's kind of fun to watch Carly be a mob boss. It was just a good week. Good week of shows, and I'm sad I missed the first three days. But the last two, wow. And I'm excited. Housekeeping time. Congratulations to Jeannie Francis and Finola Hughes and Nancy Legron, because they were all nominated for Best Actress Emmys, and if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, I feel like you know who I probably am really, really hoping wins the Emmy. And you guys are very lucky, because 
since she was nominated, you will not be getting a 30-minute rant about how she's not been nominated enough, in my opinion. And that's about it for housekeeping. Congratulations to everyone who got nominated from Journal Hospital and from other shows, but I just am really happy about the nominees for Best Lead Actress from the show. So, yeah. My question of the week this week is one that I meant to put in last week's episode before I decided I just had to stop editing and go ahead and upload it. But in 2002 or 2003, Luke has his Christmas Carol Mr. Scrooge moment. And it's very odd, because the person who appears to him as Marley is Stavros, which doesn't make sense at all. None of that storyline makes sense, y'all. Why was Stavros uh, Marley, and why was Helena his ghost of Christmas past? Why He would never listen to anything Stavros had to say to him, so I really don't get why they would choose Stavros to be that character who's like, hey, change your life or you'll end up like me. Well, I guess I can kind of get it. it. It's just weird. Alright, and I think that's it. Thanks, everybody, and have a great week. Bye.